I'm Rebecca. I'm Sarah. And I'm Allie, and you're listening to Desk Chair Detectives. Can you hear my fan? No. Okay, I was getting a little swatty. But I'll turn it off just in case. Hello. Hi. Hello, everyone. I think I have lice. Uh Oh, Okay. Just breaking news <laughs> <laughs> just kidding it's just uh, hard water makes uh, my head dry yeah that's a tough one moving on <laughs> happy new and year this, it's 20 yeah the third 2023 another lovely christmas or whatever you celebrate um let's get this new year right let's get it, it be, started in here it can't let's be as bad as 2022 let's get it started in here we've taken a Everybody. hard left turn this is now a black eyed peas podcast yeah. oh. and special guest fergie <laughs> fergie lucia step dibs on being fergie step. i think she pees step, step, her pants step, step, step. on stage Oh. <laughs> I mean 80% sure I've seen a picture of her with uh wet pants on stage. <laughs> have you seen the video of her doing backflips at like 6 a.m.? No, <laughs> but I have seen the video of her singing the Star Spangled Banner. Ooh, it's a rough one to get <laughs> Okay, so I'm on my other computer, so I'm just gonna turn around, but that's pee pants. All right, yeah, or it's just ass sweat. We don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's. It went. Yeah, something's going on down there. <laughs> there, there is some pers- perspiration down there. Um. Uh, anyway, um, happy New Year. Um, to start <laughs> off this New Year, we're gonna have a story with a happy ending. Oh, good. I ever had one of those? Right? No, yeah. never. I'm excited because this never happens. So <laughs> um, we're going to start out the new year on a positive note. Yay. Good. Okay. I'm happy about it. So let's talk about the kidnapping and escape of Kara Robinson Chamberlain. Oh. We're starting this year on a positive note. Let's start with the kidnapping. <laughs> the tra- most like, traumatic she- thing someone can go through <laughs> as a child. Was she a child? <laughs> yeah <laughs> but Something she different. escaped she okay, escaped okay. and oh, man. she's so a survivor yes she's a survivor which is the happy part i want to make that clear the survivor part is the happy part yes sarah speaking of survivor real quick not the show i have a confession we're okay. gonna start off 2023 being real honest oh gosh what could this be you know what a spotify wrapped how it gives yeah. you like a playlist of your top songs mm-hmm. my 12th most popular song last year was survivor by reba <laughs> like the theme song i'm a survivor <laughs> yes did you just like need that motivation because you're a single mom who works too hard yeah is, you're is, like crying in the shower <laughs> loves her kids and never stops with gentle hands and the heart of a fighter. I'm a survivor. That was like um, that was like my comfort show when I was going through my breakup. So good. So good. 
Well, just like Reba. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that. That's so awful. I'm leaving it in. <laughs> Don't come for me. I'm sweating. Okay. So um, we're just going to take a hard cut and get into <laughs> And seriousness. So before I start, I do want to say that the majority of what I'm going to tell you was taken from an interview with Kara herself. So all this information is right from her mouth. I do have some stuff from like reporters who like covered the case, but most of it is a firsthand account of what actually happened. So on June 24, 2002, 15-year-old Kara Robinson was watering plants in the front yard of her best friend's house in West Columbia, South Carolina. What a nice person. That's awesome. Right? Yeah, because the night before, she had a sleepover with her bestie. And the next day, um, her best friend's mom asked them to do, like, some chores around the house. And one of them was watering the plants out front. So as Kara was watering the plants that summer afternoon... She noticed a car that was traveling out of the neighborhood. A few minutes later, she saw the same car return back into the neighborhood and then swiftly pull into the driveway of her friend's house. Kara thought it was a little weird because she just saw the car leaving the neighborhood and it circled back and now was right in front of her in the driveway. The car was a Trans Am. And the driver was a very average-looking white male in his late 30s, wearing jeans, a button-down shirt, and a baseball cap. Now, while Kara did admit she thought it was weird and she was really uncomfortable because she didn't know who this man was, she figured that he might know her friend's mom because, like, after all, she wasn't at her own house. He could have been, like, a friend of her um, best friend's mom. Like, she didn't know. So this man approached Kara and asked if her parents were home. Kara replied that it wasn't her house, it was her friends, and then he asked if her friend's parents were home. She replied that they weren't home. So you might be thinking, like, if this was a friend of her best friend's mom, or even someone that, like, the mom knew, this man would know that Kara didn't live there, and he wouldn't ask for Kara's parents. He would ask for whoever he was there to see. It's a definite red flag. Um, And it's also unfortunate that Kara, like, revealed that there were no adults home. But I can understand why. Like, she was 15 years old. It happened really fast. Like, there's, you know, if someone was asking you questions, it it would just rattle out of you, you know? So after getting that information, the man pulled out some pamphlets from his jacket pocket and told Kara that he wanted to, like, give her some of these pamphlets. So... As he reached forward to, like, hand them over to her, he simultaneously pulled out a gun. Oh. So he placed the gun on the right side of her neck and said, come with me. So Kara, like, realized immediately, like, what was going on. And the only thing that she could say was stop. But he said, no, you're coming with me. So he walked her around to the driver's side of the car and opened the backseat door and told her to get in while still holding the gun to her head. Kara saw a big plastic container with a lid in the backseat of the car. She asked him, yeah, she asked him, like, where do I go? Because the container was taking up the majority of the space in the backseat. And he told Kara to get inside the container. No. 
oh, this is sounding vaguely familiar because I remember being like immediately getting scared, like hyperventilating for this part. <laughs> yeah. So Kara crawled into the plastic container and then the man placed the lid on top, but didn't like secure it. And then he got in the car, backed out of the driveway and drove away. So at this point, I, for one, would be an absolute wreck. Um, yeah. I can't even imagine like how I would feel at this point. All I know is I would be like beyond terrified. Yeah. But for Kara, this girl refused to panic. She said her brain immediately went into analytical mode and all of her emotions just shut off. Wow, that's amazing. She I've been hysterically crying. Yeah. Yeah. And like freaking, like, yeah. I don't know what I like swinging. I don't know. <laughs> but um, Kara said that as the car was driving, she needed to memorize every single thing that was happening around her. Yeah, smart. She, she memorized the songs that were playing on the radio, they were all classic oh, wow. rock songs she noticed the types of cigarettes that he was smoking she even made note that there was a serial number on the inside of the plastic container that she was in so she memorized that too wow she said she wanted to lock in as much information as she could about this person so she did her best to make sure she took in as much as she could she even said quote my survival mechanism just said all right, let's gather as much information as we can. Fear barely even kicked in. Wow. So after the abduction, they drove for about 15 minutes, and then the man pulled over on the side of the road. He got out of the car and put a ball gag in Kara's mouth and then put restraints on her wrists and ankles. Oh, God. Oh, God. He then asked her to scream as loud as she could that's scary so Kara screamed and like you couldn't hear anything because of the restraints in her mouth so he looked at her and just said good (gasps) oh snapped the lid on so like so he like snapped it on how is she supposed to breathe in there oh well I don't think her breathing was his top priority yeah I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, like, what anyone's preference is with that. (laughs) (laughs) But so the man began driving again, but only for a few minutes. And then Kara felt him lift the container with her in it. But she said he only carried it a short way before he dropped it and then began (gasps) to drag it. She said she felt the container being dragged across concrete and then over a threshold. Then Kara heard a door slam shut. The man took the lid off the container and took Kara out. And now she was just in his cluttered apartment away from the outside world. Mm -mm. At that point, the man told her he was going to take the gag out of her mouth, but she had to promise not to scream. He also reminded her that he would always have a weapon on him and that he would use it if she did something that she wasn't supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And Kara agreed to behave. So for the next 18 hours, Kara was held captive and sexually assaulted by this man in his apartment. He also forced her to watch the news to see if she was on it and if anyone, like, missed her and was looking for her. Um, At the point she was watching the news, she had only been missing for 11 hours or so, so she knew there wouldn't be coverage. Um, But eventually she did see that they listed her as a runaway. 
Oh, oh God. So despite all of these horrific things that Kara must have had have endured, like her survival mode was just on in full force. Yeah. And she knew she had to come up with a plan to save her own life. So while she was in this man's apartment, she started taking notice of everything around her. When she was in the bathroom, she saw a hairbrush with long red hair in it. She also saw feminine hygiene products like laying around the bathroom. So she made note that a woman with red hair must spend time at this apartment too. I know what you're thinking, guys. Allie, what were you doing in 2002? I was in second grade doing a spelling bee. (laughs) Winning a spelling bee? Yeah, winning, bitch. (laughs) Uh, So at one point, this man told Kara that she was going to be in the apartment for a long time and would need to eat something eventually. So Kara, staying calm as ever, told him that she wasn't hungry, but asked him if there was anything that he'd like her to do. So she was just like thinking, how do I appease this man? How do I please him? So she was like, well, no, but like, what can I do for you, basically? And so this man told Kara that she could sweep the kitchen. So she agreed and started sweeping. And as she was doing that, she used it as an opportunity to get really close to his refrigerator where there were magnets and things hung up on the refrigerator. Mm, That's smart. So as she got closer, she saw things that could help her identify who this man was. So she memorized the names of his doctor and his dentist because those were magnets hanging up on his refrigerator. Wow. Wow. That's really cool. And like to do that, like, not only like you're you're 15 years old and you're kidnapped like I would not have thought to do that now at my age right yeah no No way overwhelmed I mean I look at people's mail like when I go to their house anyways so maybe I would but (laughs) just kidding I don't I already stalk people so (laughs) it's just insane that at 15 years old she yeah didn't panic yeah Yeah. like yeah it's like the fight or flight kicks in right yeah she was like i'm a fight mentally i'm a fight i'm a fight mentally (laughs) so eventually kara's kidnapper restrained her to a bed so she would get to sleep she had handcuffs on her wrists and a leg restraint on her right leg that was attached to the bed frame Kara remembers thinking that her opportunity to escape would have to be when the man was sleeping. So she had no plans to fall asleep and miss this opportunity. But the man made Kara smoke weed with him and Mm -hmm. he also gave her Valium. And she was 15 and 105 pounds. Oh, I was going to ask, like, how, like, what size container did she fit in? Like, she must have been small. She's small. Yeah. So this was the first time she was smoking weed and the first time she ever took Valium. So, and she's tiny. So she did fall asleep. Yeah. But when she woke up, it was around 7 a.m. And she noticed that the man was still asleep in the bed right next to her. So right then, Kara knew like this was her opportunity. But first she needed to figure out how to break free from her restraints while making sure she didn't wake up her captor. 
So she tried to like wiggle her way out of her handcuffs, like making her hands small and like try to get them off that way so she could like free her leg restraint too. But she had a lot of trouble trying to get her hands free. So instead she like brought the handcuffs up to her like face and unscrewed the links with her mouth so she separated them like her hands were still in the cuffs but she was able to separate her hands wow so yeah and then after that she was free to like work on her leg restraint because she had like more motion of her hands and she got out of that pretty quickly um so on her way to the front door she was able to get one of her hands out now that she had like she was able to have a little bit more motion she did get one of them off um and then when she got to the front door she was like kind of not defeated but she like there was a giant barricade in front of the door there were lots of things blocking the door and there were multiple locks keeping oh oh my god and she knew she was like if he got up right now and and caught her like there was no getting out of it yeah so she just had to keep going um she said the apartment was also really small and the front door was just on the other side of the bedroom wall where the man was sleeping so if he woke up he would easily get to her or if she even got the door open he could easily see her running away from that window um she also remembers thinking that literally every sound that she was making was the loudest sound anyone could ever imagine like this is not funny but like have you ever seen those things it's like um when you wake up in the middle of the night and try to make a snack but you don't want your parents to hear and it's like every noise you make is just so loud and like you're trying to be so careful but it's just i don't know when you wake up in the morning every sound is so loud like as you're trying to so i can't even imagine like the fear like i'd be shaking like Oh. And she's probably still like a little loopy from like the Valium yeah. and stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so as she was at the front door, she was able to like shove away some of the barricade. And then after that, she worked really quickly to undo the multiple locks on the door. And like in that moment, she remembers thinking like, as soon as she opens the door, this man is going to wake up if he wasn't already awake. Yeah. So, yeah. She also remembers thinking that he, when he was going to wake up, he was going to see her or see her running and was just going to shoot her from behind. Yeah. Like she had that fear in her mind as well. But she only had one shot and one shot only to escape. And like, this was it. And nothing yeah. else mattered besides making a run for it or trying to at least. So without thinking any further, she flung the front door open and started running for her life. Um, she got to the parking lot of the apartment complex and saw a car driving through the parking lot and she immediately like flagged the car down and approached it and she saw that there were two men like inside the car Um, she like frantically was telling them I was just kidnapped I escaped from an apartment here and then she turned around and pointed at the apartment that she fled from and she told them like please remember that this is the apartment I ran out of and can you take me to the police station? So the two men were like, yeah, like, come on, like, get in the car, we'll take you. So they drove her to the police. And when oh, she got God. there, yeah, right. And I got, like, that part made me nervous. For some I know, reason. I was like, <laughs> two men in the car, we don't yeah, know. Yeah, at what hour, yeah, what hour of the day, yeah. 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 So they did bring her to the police station. And when she got there, like, she was questioned and 
um they like brought her into a room and like told her she was safe whatever um and she still had the one handcuff like on her other wrist while she was like being questioned she even said that it took a little while for them to actually like get it off of her arm wow so um when Kara did meet with investigators they told her that the two men that brought her to the station didn't remember which apartment she ran out of. No, how do you not you remember that? That would be seared in my brain. Right, she had one job. So frustrating because, like, if they knew, they would have immediately gone there. But, but can't they because... even remember the apartment complex? Like, I don't know about that. But well, she she knew everything. But yeah. if they they didn't remember, so they couldn't go straight away. So they asked her for more help in in identifying who this man is. So like that's when all of the info that Kara was collecting like while she was in this apartment, that's when it all came in handy. Like all the things that she was memorizing. Um so she gave the police a description of the man, the information about his doctor and his dentist, the description of the car, and the details about the woman that could have been living in the apartment too um so with all of this info and the help of a maintenance man at the apartment complex the police found the apartment but the man had already disappeared (sighs) so how much how much time had passed do you know um i don't it wasn't a lot of time at all it was same day yeah he woke up realized she was gone was like let me pack my stuff it yeah Mm -hmm. But so at the time the police went to the apartment to like confront him, Kara was at the hospital, like waiting for results of a sexual assault test. Oh. Um, so while she was in the hospital waiting, like the police brought a photo lineup of like people so she could like figure out which guy it was. Um yeah. and how the police got the photo lineup was they used all the information that Kara had told them and then like cross-referenced that information with the patients from the doctor and the dentist. And Good. she Whoa. confirmed yeah. and she confirmed the identity of her kidnapper, who is a man named Richard Mark Ivanitz. Mm-hmm. So since he was on the run, the police set up an operation to catch him and used his sister to help them catch him. So when he fled from South Carolina, they traced him to Sarasota, Florida, and then the police, like, advised his sister to arrange a meetup with him. So when Ivanitz arrived to meet his sister, he saw, like, police on the scene already, so he just, like, made a run for it again, but this time, Mm -hmm. like, the police were there already, so they followed. Okay, good. But, like, this resulted in, like, a high-speed like police chase like he was just racing down the streets of sarasota just to try to like escape from the police yeah Mm. but it didn't really last too long and he ended up like spinning out and wrecking his car and when the car was wrecked like police sent in like a canine unit to like attack so the police could like evaluate the situation before they just like bombarded him but before police were able to approach ivanitz he put a gun in his mouth and shot himself, like, right on the scene. I hate that. Yeah, I have a vague memory of this and being very angry. Yeah, That's, like, my biggest pet peeve in all these, like, true crime cases. It's, like, you have all the, like, the, like, the nerve, right, to do these right. terrible things, and then you can't even stick around for the consequences. Right. Yeah. And, like, 
you guys are angry. We're all angry. But in interviews, Kara has also expressed her anger for the way that this went down because she wanted him to pay the price for what he had Absolutely. done. She said she wanted to testify against him in a courtroom while looking him in the eye as he got sentenced. Wow. She said, quote, I wanted him to know that choosing me was the biggest mistake he ever made and that he was outsmarted by a 15-year-old. <gasps> I love her. Badass. Yeah. What a badass. I literally have badass question mark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there's also more to this story than I've told you so far. Like when police were searching Ivanitz's apartment, they found something so haunting. Inside of a locked safe, Police found newspaper clippings about unsolved murder cases of three girls. Oh, God. Oh, and their, God. their names are Sophia Silva and sisters Katie and Kristen Lisk. These three Ooh. girls were murdered in 1996 and 1997 and were taken from Spotsylvania County in Virginia. So, police immediately formed a task force to look into these cases because they had been cold for about, like, five years, because this happened in 2002. Um, And in a short period of time, they positively linked him to all three of their murders. Wow. So, that means, like, Kara just wasn't kidnapped. She was taken by a serial killer. And she was gonna, like, it wasn't gonna end well for her. Yeah, Yeah. like, he, he had every intention of murdering her. Mm-hmm. um like can you imagine what that must have felt like for her like after escaping yeah. and then knowing that information that's so, um so scary like right? i already needed therapy with the kidnapping in general but then to yeah. realize that you're you were about to be a murder victim on top yeah. of that oh my god rest yeah. of my life therapy yeah and and kara it took her a long time to come to terms with it She said that her captor told her that he was eventually going to let her go. Um, And at the time, she said she actually believed him because while she was there for like the 18 hours, even though she was sexually assaulted, she said he was never like aggressive. So she had no reason to believe that he had plans to kill her. But she also said like the logical side of her brain was convinced he was going to kill her. Yeah. Right. And I wonder too if like, she lasted longer maybe than the other girls maybe the other girls fought back and she was more like complacent and trying to like make her next plan yeah and staying calm that's very true i know like it's an incredibly interesting like thought process like i can't imagine what it must have been like in her brain because like at 15 to have all of those thoughts and a moment and like emotions in that situation she's so smart like yeah like trying to process yeah yeah she was processing everything that was happening to her while simultaneously like staying calm and carrying out this plan like it's incredible that she like pulled it off you know um but she since she helped solve the murders of Sophia Katie and Kristen um she was actually awarded $150,000 for her help in Oh my in god. That's awesome. I just got the chills. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Because there was reward money for like wow. if you have any information, so she was actually rewarded that because she was the one that helped. Um and she also got to meet all of their families to like help get oh. like closure for the girls too. Yeah. Which I think was that's nice. Yeah. Really nice. Um also, the summer after her kidnapping, 
the sheriff that had originally like talked to Kara like right after her escape offered her a part-time job at the police station doing like administrative work for them (gasps) Cute. cute right and then she continued her career in law enforcement for like 12 years after that wow oh my gosh yeah like she became a school resource officer a child abuse and sexual crime investigator and a victim's advocate wow um she did step away from law enforcement when she had her two sons but yeah. today Kara is a keynote speaker and advocacy worker for other survivors um in 2019 Kara actually had the opportunity to meet with like other survivors just like her to help a girl named Jamie Kloss who escaped a kidnapping in 2019 wow So Kara and five other kidnapping survivors, one of them who was Elizabeth Smart, they sat down together to talk about their kidnappings, what it means to be a survivor, and how to help others that have gone through the same things that they have. Oh, wow. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. So cute. But so to wrap things up, I just wanted to read like a really nice statement from Kara's official website. She has like a whole website with like all the work that she's done and like her like advocacy work and stuff. It's it's nice. So it says, Kara realized that she survived for a very specific purpose yeah. to spread hope and encouragement to other survivors, to remind them that they are not alone, that they can heal and that they are stronger than what happened to them. That who we are, that we are who we are because of what happened, but we're not defined by it. That's so nice. That is lovely. So, I mean, yes, kidnapping, awful, but like she, like this is a happy ending. Like she's yeah. doing so much work. Um, She's like a, an incredible speaker. Like for this episode, I actually watched an interview that she did with someone like she's incredible it's amazing and I'm really happy that people have someone like her to like look up to yeah definitely strong she was able to take like the worst thing that happened to her and turn it into such a like yeah because I'm sure for people that some good come of it Mm -hmm. yeah and I'm sure like for people that have been kidnapped like in their everyday lives it's so hard to find someone that can relate to that and help you get through that mentally so to have someone like that that to look up to and help you move on is amazing incredible yeah this this woman is an angel i do have a i do have a question did they Mm -hmm. ever find out if there was someone else living in that apartment with him yeah the redhead that is i'm unsure i was trying to look for that too but i have no idea or did one of the victims have red hair like that would have been like i don't know i've heard it for a while yeah i don't but like i don't know and like in a way i feel like there are more victims than just the three yeah so whether it was like a woman living there or it was another victim someone else yeah because also she was reported as a runaway so Mm -hmm. i'm sure there's so many other people that don't get reported or are reported as a runaway that they're not like actively looking for. psa can we just like stop reporting people as runaways i know I think we should treat every missing person like they're fucking missing, not running away. Did you see there was just that terrible thing? I didn't, I didn't even look that much into it, but it's like 
this little girl her parents didn't report her missing for like 30 30 something days or like over a month oh i just saw that i didn't read the it's article like in the news now yeah and i'm sure you know they had something to do with it but yeah i mean it's like casey anthony mm-hmm. <laughs> don't let me get into that do we have any update on the uh the college the idaho college murder? so no uh there's so many things that are going around sorry (laughs) so many many things that are going around on like tiktok and the news and stuff but the none of them are like the cops aren't saying it's all just like conspiracy theories and they did release more footage they've uh more businesses have come forward with like more footage of the girls walking that night and people were like oh the car was found in eugene oregon where one of the girls lived and it was registered to someone who like owned the house but it's like it was all fabricated like yeah it didn't belong to anyone who's ever yeah. been in Idaho and yeah i think they put out a statement saying like please leave the owner of the hyundai like alone yeah um, and they also said you know the um as they were walking back they caught on camera that one of them was saying like i told adam everything yeah they also said like the adam thing is like not a lead either yeah it was the bartender or something yeah and they cleared him so this is me also being a psychopath but um one of our co-workers her husband is a detective and i actually asked him a bunch of i wrote a bunch of questions for her to ask him last night oh and she wrote back let me find the answers why are they not here we have a desk chair detectives exclusive with this information where did they go reset it was the night before maybe it was the night before i found it it wasn't last night um so i said do you think the cops actually know more than they're letting on to like the police or like to the public and he said yes they probably don't want to let the public know what they know in case they're doing surveillance on someone or waiting for forensics to come back Mm. i said do you think the dad is shady he said i know nothing about the dad Uh, (laughs) i said do detectives ever tell people and the public that that a person has been cleared but they are actually not cleared um because that was one that was one thing that people were like they just clear people so fast and he said yes they do this so that the person relaxes and might make a mistake and then i said mm. what are your thoughts on the the 911 call and he said they're just stupid college kids like it's yeah. nothing he doesn't think there's anything shady there it's just people i mean we see it all the time like you can't really judge a person on how they react to these traumatic experiences like like this girl right if she was if she didn't take all those notes we wouldn't be like oh she's an idiot right like she's a victim like her body like it's not you making decisions like something takes over for you it's like Mm -hmm. i can't say what i would i mean i told you about the time someone was trying to break in my window and i put my leash on my dog and went to look for the person why did i do that yeah (laughs) yeah i always go towards the danger too i'm like yeah what's that noise on my front porch when there was literally a man on our front porch and i sent you a picture i was like do you know this yeah i'm like no call call 911 like what yeah what am i doing (laughs) no i do not but those are those are the questions i asked him so if we have any other ones we can ask but those are good questions yeah that's good to know that's so interesting right 
Um, I keep trying to get an internship with him, but he says no. <laughs> do you want to see? Do you want to see a picture of Kara? I would yeah. love to. Oh, can you let me share? <gasps> oh, I gotta so, figure out how to like just automatically just do that automatically. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you should be good. This is her, Aww. and that is the piece of oh, shit she's man. So cute. Ew. Yeah. I see men like him every single day. Like, like he's like that's what his description was: a man in his late thirties, average white man. Like that is so hard. Like, uh, like how that's so hard to describe because he looks like just every average middle aged man, right? And then She's like so this cute. Is cute. This is like her and her family now. Oh, oh, they're adorable. Right. Look at her kids. They're cute. They're so cute. And then, like, this is her website. Oops. She has, like, a whole... Oh, my gosh. So pretty. And she's, like, such a successful speaker and everything. Like, she's featured in all of these things. Wow. You can even, like, log in. Like, there's a shop. (gasps) Like, just keep going. Go on. Go on CaraRobinsonChamberlain.com and support her. It's a yes. really cute shirt that says, ju- a sweater that says, just keep going. That is cute. I like the pattern on there. That is yeah. cute, right? Cute. And she talks all the time to people. She's on TV. Oh, you just love to see it. Yeah. Good she does so many interviews too. Like, so I found this because I was scrolling, like doom scrolling on Facebook, and I saw a video with her. Like that's how I found this. Oh wow! Look at this. She was on Doctor Oz. Wow! All these things. My BBC favorite murder. murder. They covered that. Yeah. What? Look at all of these things that she's accomplished. It's so amazing. Um, she's- along the lines of Kara's story, um. I highly recommend there was an episode that came out of Crime Junkie recently that actually had it's it's um they talk about the JC Oh the Dugard the JC Dugard and they actually have Kate um JC and her therapist on the show and it's it's really interesting. They're like besties. Yeah, she like works tell. with them now. Yeah. It's like because it, it was obviously it's not like someone who logs on to better help after you've been abducted and gone through what she went through. Mm-hmm. Um for what she was gone for like 20 years or something like that. Something close to yeah. Um, so she went to like a like a horse farm uh re- therapy. Retreat. Yeah. yeah. And it like changed her life, she said. But that one's interesting. Very, yeah, very good episode. Yeah, that was good, Rebecca. I like that you had like a happy ending one for yeah. the start for to the year, right? Yeah. Normally, I'm just so doom and gloom, but yeah. like 2023 is gonna be my year, guys. <laughs> you hear, you heard it here first. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's re reevaluate next like uh, december weeks. and see where you're at yeah, <laughs> yeah in like yeah. three weeks i'll be like <laughs> oh my god i can't next do this term. anymore yeah. <laughs> all right bye 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 resources for this episode include people.com i was kidnapped by a serial killer video by anthony padilla and kara robinson chamberlain.com
chair. <laughs>